The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. The first story that I would like to tell you, I call it Close Calls. And this happened in the city of Lakewood, New Jersey. There was a wonderful organization in Kalal Yisrael called Chaveirim. Chaveirim literally means friends. But this Chaveirim organization actually exists in many cities throughout America. Basically, what they do is they help people in certain types of trouble. Mainly, for example, sometimes a person gets locked out of the house and they don't have the keys. Or sometimes they lock their keys in the car and they can't get into the car. Or sometimes they have a flat tire and they need somebody to help them. Sometimes it happens, and this is terrible, where a child could be stuck in a car. And chas v'shalom, if the child is not taken out, the child could chas v'shalom suffocate. So chaverim is always there, and they always come, whether it's a freezing morning and somebody can't start their car, anything that you might need in your home or in your car, chaverim is always there. So this fellow from chaverim told me that last year there was what we call a three-day yontif. Of course, it's only a two-day yontif, but Shabbos happened first. First, there was going to be Shabbos, and then two days of Shavuos. Now, this fellow in Chaverim was sitting in his home. It was an hour before yontif, or before Shabbos was going to begin, and he gets a call from someone who says, could you please come and fix my flat tire? I'm stuck. I need the flat fixed. Well, this fellow from Chaverim, as I said, lives in Lakewood, and he knows that the main roadways leading into Lakewood are either the Garden State Parkway or Route 9. So he says to him, where are you stuck? Route 9, Garden State? How can I help you? Where are you? He says, well, the car is really in my driveway. He said, in your driveway? You gotta be kidding. Why don't you just leave it there till after Yontif? Everybody is so busy that three-day Yontif is coming up. And the man says, I'm on Atzala. And you know what Atzala is, the medical emergency service. And I might need the car over Shabbos or Yontif. And the dispatcher of Haverim told me he felt so low. Oh my goodness, he said, I'm so sorry. It didn't even occur to me that you're on Atzala. I'm so sorry that I accused you of calling me for no reason. I'm going to come myself because my hour of dispatching is almost finished. I want to show you that I am so sorry. I'm going to fix the car myself. I'll fix the flat. And sure enough, he went to the fellow's house. He fixed the flat. And truthfully, he never even met that fellow from Hatzala because the fellow on Hatzala was so busy answering so many different calls. Now, you wouldn't believe it. On Matzah Shabbos, the first night of Yontif of Shavuos, the Haverim fellow was sitting around the table with his family, his children, his wife, and his in-laws. And suddenly, his mother-in-law fell back on her chair, her eyes rolled into her head, and people realized she's having a stroke. And somebody said, call Hatzala, call Hatzala. And the fellow from Haverim ran to the phone, he called Hatzala, and guess which car from Hatzala came to save his mother-in-law? That was that car that he fixed the flat for. And you know something? We know that in stroke victims, every second is important to get that person to the hospital quickly so that they can work on that person because otherwise the person could have brain damage. 
And now look at that. By Hashkocha. Because this fellow fixed the flat of that Hatzalah member. That Hatzalah member was able to get there quickly. And of course, they took the mother-in-law to the hospital. Not only did they save her life, but they made sure that she had no brain damage. And what a great story. And that's why I call it Close Calls. Because these were calls to Chaveirim and to Hatzalah. And it was a close call because it was only that Tatsala was able to get there so quickly that this woman's life was saved. This story is called Fall in the Summer. There's a fellow that I know. His name is Rabbi Heber. He owns a summer day camp in Muncie, New York. A couple of years ago, a few days before camp, Rabbi Heber told me that he got a call from a woman in the Bronx who spoke with a very heavy Russian accent. And the woman was so sad. And she said, Rabbi Heber, I need a favor from you. I just went through a very difficult divorce and I have one son, his name is Sasha. I have to support him myself and I need him to be in a summer camp, a day camp. He could come home at night because I come home after work and I could take care of him. Now, I know, Rabbi Heber, that your boys are very religious and my son is not yet so religious. But I know that being in a religious camp would be the best thing for him. The environment would be wonderful. But Rabbi Heber, I have no money and I can pay you very, very little. Please do me a favor. I need to work. I have to support him. I have nobody to watch him. Is there any way that you would allow me to send my Sasha, my son, to your summer camp? Well, Rabbi Heber was almost filled to capacity, and here was a woman who had a son that was not as religious as the other boys, and she had very little money. It's almost like three strikes against her. But there was something that was so sincere about her. And Rabbi Heber said to the lady, you know something? You sound very sincere. I cannot make this decision alone. I have two other partners in the camp, Rabbi Pfeiffer and Rabbi Shore. Just give me a day or two. I will discuss it with them, and I promise you I'll get back to you. And sure enough, he went to Rabbi Pfeiffer and Rabbi Shore, and he told exactly what the lady said. And Rabbi Heber said, look, I know that she's not going to pay much, and that the boy is not as religious as the other children, but still, there was something so sincere. And really, it's such a shame of the difficult situation that she finds herself in. I think we should try to help her. Well, Rabbi Pfeiffer and Rabbi Shore agreed. And they agreed to take this young boy. And he would come every day from the Bronx. He would come by bus because there were other kids that came from nearby area. And they would be able to all come on that school bus and come to the camp. Now, listen to what happens. You see, every day in this day camp, the boys would gather in a big, beautiful area. So some boys davened in classrooms, and some of the boys, the boys Sasha's age, they davened, they all sat around a big aluminum table, and they all sat and they davened. Every morning, that was the first thing as soon as they got off the bus. Now, one morning, Sasha was trying to daven like the others. Of course, he couldn't follow so well because he didn't read Hebrew so well, but he loved the songs of the davening, whether it was Matoivu or Adain whatever they were davening. 
and of course Baruch Sha'omar, and he was trying to learn it. Well, one day, his attention diverted because after all, he couldn't follow. And all of a sudden, he yelled, everybody run, everybody run. And all the kids got up from the chair, they ran away. And all of a sudden, a big, huge tree came and it had been ripped out of its roots and it fell and it smashed that aluminum table just about in two. The loud, the crash was so loud. All the counselors from other places, everybody started running and the kids started screaming. They couldn't believe what happened. And the only reason that not one child was hurt was because Sasha saw that tree. How did Sasha get to camp? Because Rabbi Heber was kind enough to bring him. And Chas Shalom, if he had not been there and everybody had been concentrating on the davening, like all the boys did every morning, nobody would have seen that tree. And I don't even want to think what could have happened to the boys sitting around that table. But by Hashkocha Pratis, Hashem supervised that Sasha's mother should make the call, he should be accepted to the camp, and he saved those boys. That's why I call it a fall in the summer. The following story actually happened to me. It happened a number of years ago when I had to be away for Shabbos in a place called Wesley Hills, which is in Muncie, and I was going to speak in a certain shul for Shabbos. But what happened was that there was a very, very nice fellow who invited me to stay in his home, but I didn't realize that by the time Friday night came, there would be a terrible, terrible snowstorm. And the snow had piled up, it was very high. And the man felt bad for me that I had to walk almost a half a mile in the snow. So he said to me, you know, there's a shortcut. If we go around the back of my house, through somebody else's backyard, it is a little bit up a hill, but if you come that way, we can make it much quicker, but it is a hill. Well, what should I tell you? I'm a little embarrassed, but that hill was just so difficult and so slippery, and I kept slipping, I didn't have gloves, and my hands were freezing, and I fell numerous times. We were only halfway up the hill when the fellow said to me, you know, Rabbi Krohn, I think we're going to have to go down the hill and we'll have to walk around the long way, but at least we'll be walking on the highway or on the main street. And that's what we did. And I must tell you, by the time we came to his house, I don't ever remember my hands being so cold and so numb, I couldn't even pick up a sitter to say Shalom Aleichem or to hold the Becher to say Kiddush. We had to wait about 20 minutes till my hands, I could feel my fingers again. Well, six months later, I had a bris in that same shul. So I decided we're gonna stay very close to the shul this time. And my wife stayed in the home of the Rav, Rabbi Yisrael Zev Chesser, who's the Rav of that shul. Well, Friday night, when we came home from Davning, Rabbi Chesser has seven sons. I could not believe those voices. They sang Shalom Aleichem and Askinu Sudosan and Kol Makadesh, all these things. I tell you, I felt I was in the base of Middash. I never heard such harmony. And the father got involved with the singing as well. It was magnificent. And I'll tell you the truth. 
There's only one other place that I ever heard singing like that. And that's in my daughter's home. And they have five children, and when they sing, it is out of this world. Well, you wouldn't believe it. On Matzah Shabbos, my wife goes over to Mrs. Chesser, and she says, you know something? I think that it would be a great idea for your son to go out with my granddaughter. Well, it didn't happen right away, but you know something? Eventually, it did happen. And sure enough, they got married. Now, let me tell you, at the wedding and at the Sheva Brachas, the voices of both families was so exquisite and so remarkable. It was the most beautiful thing that I ever heard. You know what I learned from that? I remember when I was climbing up that hill in that snow, I thought this is one of the worst things that ever happened to me. What good could come from this? Well, I'll tell you what good came from it. Because Hashem made that happen so that next time I wouldn't stay there. I'd stay someplace else. And the place that I stayed through that, my wife was able to get a shidduch for our granddaughter. So you never know. Sometimes you go through a difficult situation and you think, Oh, Hashem, why'd you make me go through this? But something happens because of that. And now I have a new grandson, and his name is Shmuel Baruch Chesser. And you know something? You should hear him sing. You would be inspired. This story is called The Fall in the Gaul. The story begins back in May of the year 2002. The fellow himself told me the story. His name is Golan Artsy. He's a Yemenite Jew, and he lived in St. Louis, and he helped build a wonderful shul in St. Louis called Shar Hashemayim. And he got many, many Sephardic people to move to St. Louis, and the shul was a very, very active place. One Shabbos, Golan told me, he was walking home from shul, and he had the green light, he was crossing the street, and suddenly a car came swerving around the corner. The guy went through the red light and smashed into Golan, and Golan went flying. Unfortunately, he was hurt very, very badly, and he needed serious operations, and he was in a coma for more than three weeks. But while he was in the coma, they had to operate on his legs, on his ribs, and he had many metal screws, metal plates, and screws to keep every part of his body together. And he told me an amazing thing. He had been in a coma, and right before he came out of the coma, he had a dream. He dreamt that he was in a shul, in a Sephardic shul. He was standing by the entrance of a Sephardic shul. The door was open to this huge place, and the Chacham was up front leading the tzibur, leading the community and saying Tillam. And all of a sudden the Chacham motioned for Golan Artsy to come into the shul. He said he walked down the center aisle, passing everybody who was holding their Tehillims, saying Tehillim. And as he came up towards the Chacham, the Oren Kodesh opened, there was a huge white light that shone on him, and that's when he woke up. He woke up from that dream. And when he woke up out of the coma, his family was there and friends and everybody started crying. They couldn't believe. The doctors weren't even sure that he would ever come out of the coma. And 
began a long process of healing. It took a very, very long time for his body to heal, and eventually he was able to walk on his own and he was able to travel. But those metal plates and screws always were a pain. They always hurt him. And he was wondering, Hashem, if you help me heal, that I'm able to walk and I'm able to talk and I'm able to travel. Why didn't you heal me all the way? Why do I still need those metal plates and screws that are still painful to me? Two years later, in May, on May 23rd, 2004, he got his answer. You see, he had traveled to Antisrael, and on the way coming back from Antisrael to America, he decided that he's going to stop the Shabbos in a town called Epinay in France. And the reason he was going to stop there, because he had relatives there, and there are many Sephardic Yemenite Jews in Epinay. Sunday, that day, on May 23rd, 2004, he comes to the airport. Now, because he was going through security, well, they looked him over, they saw that he had a Jewish passport, and France they don't like Jews so much, so they gave him a hard time. Not only that, he was wearing a kippah, they saw he's an Orthodox Jew, and France they don't like Jews so much lately. So they were delaying him, and then, the metal plates and the screws started ringing up. And they gave him a hard time and they delayed him. And as they were talking to him, about 40 feet in front of him, all of a sudden there was a tremendous crash. And the brand new section of the airport that they had just finished building in the Gaulle Airport came crashing down. Huge blocks of concrete fell on the people that had been right in front of him. Five people were killed and dozens were injured. And he was saved. Why was he saved? Because he had those metal plates and those screws. And that held him back from going through security because they were giving him a hard time. And Golan Artsy told me, now I understood. Sometimes Hashem makes you go through something and you think, why? Why is he making me go through this pain? It took him two years to find out the answer because Hashem wanted to save his life. So that fall of all that concrete in De Gaulle and that new airport, you could look it up. It killed people, it injured people, but Golan Artsy was saved because by Hashgocha, Hashem had made it that he would have metal plates and screws in his body that would delay him from going through security. It wasn't an inconvenience after all. It was the thing that saved his life by Ashkocha Pratis. The name of this story is called Curbside Handling. This story happened in a town called Lawrence, New York. It was a very, very hot late afternoon. Very, very muggy. And now the men from Lawrence were coming to Davin in the shul called Beth Shalom. They were coming to Davin Mincha. Now, they had come from their air-conditioned homes, they were driving in their air-conditioned cars, and they were positive that the shul would be air-conditioned as well. Because every time, every day, before they daven mincha, the shamas would come to the shul, or the custodian would come to the shul an hour early, put on the air-conditioner, make sure the doors were open, and everybody would be able to come in. 
But on this very, very hot, muggy day, for some reason the custodian hadn't showed up. And now all the people were locked out of the shul. They were standing by the front door of the shul, and everybody was wondering, how are we going to get into this place? Who's got the key? And somebody remembered, well, maybe the shamus has the key. But he was out of town, and they couldn't reach him either. Well, how are they going to get into the shul? Everybody was sweating, but they knew that the Shkia sunset was coming soon, and they had to daven. So somebody said, Ashrei, and they started davening outside. Well, just as they had finished saying Kaddish, and just as some of the people, not everybody, was beginning to say Shimon Esrei, they were going to daven Shimon Esrei, they noticed that an SUV, a very beautiful car, pulled up right near the front of the shul, and they noticed that a man got out from the driver's side, and he was coming around the other side, and all of a sudden, he disappeared. Now, they thought that maybe he slipped and fell, and in a moment he would get up, but he didn't get up. And some people were concerned, and they ran down the lawn to see what happened to this fellow. And they see that he collapsed. And somebody else, is there a doctor? And it just happened to be that there was a doctor among those people that had come to Davin Mincha. And he noticed in a moment that the fellow had had a massive heart attack. And of course, they started working on him, and they called Hansola, they called the police and the ambulance. And when the police came, the police said, Hey, is there anybody else in the car? Nobody had even thought about that. And they take a look, there's a little baby, a two-year-old, and he's sweating profusely. He's locked into his infant seat in the back of that SUV. They quickly ran to the fellow who was still on the ground, took out the keys from his pocket. The police opened up the door and they took out that child who was sweating profusely. Baruch Hashem, they were able to get this fellow to the hospital and they saved his life. And that night when they called the wife, when they called the wife, they told her, you are so fortunate. It's only Bahashkocha Pratis that the custodian didn't show up today and that the shamus was out of town because your husband could have had that major heart attack and everybody would have been in shul. Nobody would have seen him and nobody would have realized that your baby was in the car. So by Hashkocha, because the custodian forgot to come or whatever reason he didn't show up, not only one life was saved, but two lives were saved. And that's what Hashkocha Pratis is all about. Sometimes we think, and I can imagine that some of those people who were standing outside and they were sweating as they were going to daven mincha and think, oh my gosh, why is this happening? What good could happen from this? You know what good? Hashem orchestrated that. That's what Ashkocha Pratis is about. And two lives were saved by the curbside handling of all those that came to help those people. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.